Hey guys, it's James. Welcome to another episode of Dashboard Disciples. Um, we're gonna Matt and I are gonna continue on in our candid discussions about um, the C.S. Lewis book we've been studying. And if you want to pick up a copy, it, um, you can check it out on our information page, um, and you can follow along with us. So um, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you listen in, and um, yeah, join the conversation. Have a good time. Check yourself or thank yourself. Dashboard Disciples. Alright guys, welcome to another episode of Dashboard Disciples and we are in our season of just candid talks while we, Matt and I, talk about The World's Last Night by C.S. Lewis and other essays. Say what up, Matt. Hey, what's up? What's going on, guys? No, I said say what up, Matt. Up what? Didn't say what, what order. So, <laughs> wow. <Okay>. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so um, I mean... Obviously, our, our schedule's been kind of crazy off. Um, May is bad. Dude. May dude. is like a killer. And then I threw in my resignation in the middle of that. So, Yeah, dude. Yeah, this is <laughs> uh, no yeah. longer chained. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Not that it was a chain. No. No. No, <laughs> no longer. No. <laughs> no. Slave to fear. Okay. No, 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 no. I love my church. I love it. Um, no, I, I stepped down from, uh, being the, uh, youth and associate pastor at my church and, um, I'm focusing, I'm kind of, honestly, it was kind of a weird process and I still, every time somebody asks me to explain it, I explain it differently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, dude. Um, because I don't really know how to explain it and truth be told, I think the best way I explained it was earlier, um, I was explaining it to our camp committee that I would say probably mid pandemic, I felt a strong urge from the Lord to develop a vision um, that had to focus on family discipleship and really making the the house the the center of of ministry and discipleship, mm-hmm. like whether that be you know mom and dad at home or or the lead, the patriarch matriarch of the house, yeah. teaching the children. Or so on and so forth, and really just taking the um, the the discipleship away from the church as a building and into um, the person. That's right. This is focus on the family 2.0. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, is that what focus on the family does? I really don't know. What no, focus like on the family well, does. focus on the family. <laughs> they do a lot of stuff. They yeah. they've made movies. They made oh. they've made uh, curriculum. See, they've done a lot. And I think the interesting thing about that, though, is that, like, I am not trying to create an alternative to what the world is doing. Like, I'm just trying to say, okay, everyone is living, we live in a big city, right? Everyone's living their life as normal. Like, you know, family game schedules and movie nights and whatever. And you know what? Like, we have to stop putting church in as, like, another thing on the schedule, it just has to go. Oh, I'm gonna decline that real quick. That was my wife. She's gonna get mad at me. Ooh, you wanna um, get in trouble? Yeah, I'm gonna message her real quick and be like, "Hey, girl, I am on." Oh, better prepare the couch. I'm gonna be like, "Hey, no, <laughs> no." Um, yeah. 
So it just says, like, but hey, I'm recording. Because your couch is comfortable. <laughs> no, she won't even, like, I'm not going to say she won't put me on the couch because I'm sure she would. I just haven't gotten her that mad. Oh. Um, but usually, like, if we're arguing, she'll be mad. like, no. Like, some at some point in the night, she'll just be like, are you coming to bed? And um, so that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so, yeah, I know... Uh, what was I saying? Yeah, the, the vision thing. Yeah. Um, and TBH, that kind of became more and more like prevalent in my uh-huh. life. And I did definitely have felt the, the, the urge from the Lord to pastor a church. Yeah. Plant a church. I don't really know fully. Um, but really take that vision into um into the the next step and not just be a youth or associate pastor, but I'm saying that that's just what I do, but, but to pastor a church and really plant that vision. Mm-hmm. And, um, and with that, cause I knew that, um, I couldn't focus on this vision and give my 100% to my church. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I couldn't, I couldn't make this vision happen at the church in the current position I was in and I found myself really unsatisfied and unfulfilled yeah and so what's great is that I have an I had an amazing boss who I consider a friend who helped me realize that and walked me through that and then I have like a team of friends around me um you know you, you yourself included that helped me like realize that and walk through that. And my, my former boss helped me develop and put like kind of on paper what I was actually trying to do. And, and when that happened, I was able to turn around and say, okay, I'm going to step out. And then the next thing was like, okay, it was like, okay, cool. You're going to step out in faith. And I felt the Lord really tell me step out in faith. Uh-huh. And I thought what the Lord was telling me to do was go to, there was a different church I was going to go to. Um, which we love that church also, um, and we'll be attending that church. But, but I, I thought that's what the Lord was saying to do. Mm-hmm. And really, what was happening was the Lord was telling me to just step out in faith. And I had no clue where I was going next, and I still kind of don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, I mean, there's not there there have been some resume requests that have happened, and you know, from, from other, from some churches and some other businesses and, you yeah. know, ministry focused businesses. Um, and some of them feel like parallel moves, <laughs> uh-huh. um, like not in the direction that I need to be going. Yeah. Um, and some, and, and so I kind of sit here and the cool thing is that I'm just with my daughter 24 seven right now. Um, but I'm not stopping. Like I do a daily devotional on TikTok every morning. I'm still mentoring a group of people, a group of young men, uh, dads. Um, His daughter's four months old. And my daughter's four months old. Yeah. And then on Wednesdays, I still have what twenty youth that come to my house with their younger siblings and their parents, and we have what kind of looks like a house church. A rager. Oh no, Uh, not a rager. A house church. Kind of looks like a house church and we do uh, weekly Bible studies and discipleship. Um, Yeah, man. So, and then, and then of course I do this podcast and then I do the linked um, family discipleship, which is basically what Wednesday nights is. And then that podcast. And then now I'm doing Twitch gaming 
and talking about Jesus oh, while I'm playing man. video games. So I have a busy day. Anyway, sorry. You have quantity, or you have, yeah, you have quantity of things. I just have few things, but they just take up a big amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of the opposite. Uh, that's where I'm at right now. Um, uh, yeah, uh, I think I think we're going to find ourselves, as we continue to do this podcast, we're going to find ourselves in a position like this, and then maybe even at some points the roles will reverse. Yeah. <laughs> where And so uh, we'll see. We'll see what, where it goes, but we are, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. We ain't going nowhere. We ain't going we nowhere. Ain't going nowhere. No. no, but I mean, that's what I like about this podcast, and I think when I explain it to people, I'm like, it's just candid talk between um, two guys in ministry, two pastors, um, to kind of bring reality Word. to like humanhood, humanhood. to humanity. the pul- humanity, to, to the pulpit, humanism. No, you, humanity. Humanity. Uh, I don't know. It's making us. It's 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 kind of taking the the mystery out of the pulpit and the person being like, oh well, he's just mortality like mortality. Mortality. I, I don't know if you're listening comment what you think this is words are hard Uh, words are hard um so yeah so what we're doing today is we're looking at chapter three it's been a long time coming but we're there uh lilies that fester and man lilies um, that fester every time i hear the word fester i think of the adams family that's what i think of too and so much so that it made me jumble up the words of Jumble up the words of the title of this chapter. Like, I'm like, Fester <laughs> the Lilies. Uh, Fester the Lilies. What was it? I don't even remember what I told you. Uh, mm-hmm. Something like that. Um, <laughs> but no, uh, it. he doesn't mention this phrase to like all the way at the end of the chapter. He was like, I have no idea why you named it what you named it. But he he, yeah. he brings Method of the Madness by the end of it. We're going to break this uh, into like We're two breaking parts, though, it right? down. Yeah. We are going to break all this down and we'll see what it all gets us. Um, Dude. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So first off, the thing that like really, I don't know, man. The thing that stood out to me was the fact what he was talking about. So he's he's basically talking about like the idea of culture and religion and these like big words being basically like like descriptive words only used by people that are not in those respective parties. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I was almost to the point where I was, so I was listening to this on audiobook. Yeah. And the thing that kept, <laughs> kept popping out in my head was you're trying too hard, bro. <laughs> you're trying too hard. Yeah. Like, like he's basically calling out people who are trying too hard. Yeah, right. <laughs> and that's weird. I think it's weird. Like, why do we allow people who are not in the in crowd of these things? Like, I put that in quotes. The in crowd, the people who are actually practicing. Why yeah. are we letting people outside of something define what something is? You know, like, uh, in other words, if someone is cultured shouldn't they be the ones to define what cult what culture means not the ones that are supposedly uncultured you know yeah uh and that's it's a weird it's a weird dynamic and it's not it's something that's not unique that's unique to it's not just unique to the idea of culture it's the same thing with religion Religion, with 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 everything it's like okay the 
Yeah, so, um, well, like, like, even taking it <clears throat> for, just for quick, I hope this isn't too much of a rabbit trail, but, so, think about, like, Democrats describe Republicans as rednecks who don't know left from right, and yeah. then uh, the opposite happens, too. Uh, Democrats describe, or Republicans, Republicans describe are bleeding hot Democrats as, and... as as tree huggers and yeah. all those others. Like, no, it's like why why do you allow people who aren't a part of the in crowd to be the ones that decide what their stereotypes are? And that's yeah. that's not fair. I think that's something that I think we all could probably service from. Let's let's take like caricatures out of things and view people for people mm. and. And maybe actually we the world can go round and round a little more well, peaceably. You and know? <laughs> I think he, he digs like a little bit deeper a couple pages into the into the chapter where he also talks about like okay, so you have that side where it's like you have those names, you have those things, um, and then you all you're thinking about is those stereotypes, right? The people outside looking uh-huh. in, going like, Oh, those people are XYZ. But at the same time, you also have the people that are like trying to be cultured trying mm-hmm. to be religious yeah um, which are the two verbs or two things that he uses but I, and i kept thinking that's where i was getting the whole like you're trying too hard it was like it's like i kept thinking about like when so when i was younger like skateboarding was huge right and we had remember i don't know if you remember this when we were like in our teen years and we was like calling somebody yeah. a poser yeah yeah, yeah. you know <laughs> like yeah. it was like it was like somebody that was trying to be really really like i'm i'm trying to be known as a skater was like, like he only shopped at like fast forward or like what Zoomies now like only like bought like name brand boards and name brand shoes. Yeah, yeah. And like he like you know he was really good at buying all the gear. Yeah. But like he had like no skill. Like no skill whatsoever. Yeah. Like like he liked looking the part but didn't put the effort in. Whereas like the true skaters. Or dudes that like they 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 skated like if they were like if it was just the thing like their thing to do it was their yeah. pastime yeah it was the way they it was the way they decompressed the way they watched instead of instead of you know me being home watching TV or playing video games they were outside skating right you know right. they weren't trying to be better skaters they just liked the craft yeah totally and and so like somebody trying to be cultured the first when when you realize that you're trying mm-hmm. you've already failed right <laughs> so it's yeah it's not a fair assessment to like connect certain actions mm-hmm. uh to like oh this means that I'm this because I do this it's like yeah. no there's there's that's very surface level like yeah for sure like, uh, just because you look the part doesn't mean you're doing that makes you who you are. You yeah. Know? Um, and then it becomes like, it becomes like a job. Yeah. It becomes you know? like a job. And, and I, I don't know if I hope, I don't think I'm jumping too far ahead, but then essentially what you're doing is you're not even being the, being what you want to be. You're being what the perception is of what that is. Yeah. And it's, so that's two different things. Uh, and uh, that's a, that's just like lame. Like it's lame. <laughs> no, for totally sure. Lame, like, bro. Well, like, it's like, and it's and it's like, and yes, you can be good at doing those things, but it's like, then at the same time, when there's no love for it, the moment that 
you have a way out, mm-hmm. you're going to take it. Yeah. You know, like, it's kind of like, I mean, growing up, my family's always been really big in into baseball. Uh-huh. Now, I mean, I like baseball, but but I wasn't into it the way some of my cousins were. Where right. like they were, they were, you know, collecting soda caps to go and you know hit stick ball in the backyard. They were, they were doing everything they can to collect, you know, a couple of dollars here and there to go to the batting cages. Like they wanted to play ball. Mm-hmm. I liked wearing the uniform. <laughs> you know, yeah. like you know, yeah. I thought I I I liked playing every once in a while. But I mean, I definitely wasn't living, breathing, and eating baseball. Uh-huh. And <clears throat> and while I was, you know, okay at the game, I mean, I never, I could have definitely taken it more seriously. And I think I had the talent to as well. I just didn't have to drive. You right. know, I didn't have that, that drive. And, you know, so when someone was like, well, how do I become a better baseball player? And I was like, oh, you know, you got to practice and you got to, you got to, you got to warm up like this and you got to be doing these things. You got to stay in shape. You got to stay in shape. Um, five percent better so we got probably about five minutes oh well we're definitely not gonna finish this yeah <laughs> uh um but anyway um maybe we can take a break real quick and then yeah. come back but so it's like you know you gotta like stay in shape you gotta do this and that and it's like i mean and i had this one this one uh coach one time that was like the first thing you got to do to become the best player you can be is to fall in love with the game. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if you don't love the game, you're never going to be good. You're never, you're never going to, you're never going to, to be satisfied playing the game. Yeah. You know, like, and that's it. Yeah. And so the, the, I guess what he talks about, what C.S. Lewis talks about there is, uh, yeah, you can't, you can, uh, you can attend, he used it, He's back to the idea of culture, but he's getting the idea that you can go to the shows, you can look the part, you can do all of that. But yeah, if you don't have a passion for uh, for like poetry or for the opera or for all these other things that make you cultured, then if you don't have passion for it, then what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> so you can't just uh, do the right things to play a part without understanding the foundations of why things are right in the first place or what makes things uh some what makes something uh legitimate mm-hmm. i guess uh you got to have that passion behind it for sure yeah yeah and um, so like and that's what i i mean that's what i said like man like you're trying too hard and i kept thinking about like you know i have a couple of people that will talk to me like how do i become a like how do i become a good youth minister like how do i become a good pastor or yeah. a good christian i'm like like they're like, you know, what are the things I need to do to become a good like youth leader? Yeah, and I'm like, love Jesus. <laughs> you know, yeah. and love Jesus. For and sure. Like, no, but like, but like, what are the things that I got to do? Like, like, how many events per year do I have to do? Like, how do I connect with students? And how do I do? It? I'm like, okay, like, asked, those are yeah. those are two different questions. Like connecting with students, going to schools, connecting with teachers. Um, you know preparing good lessons and creating a good youth night or a good D-Now or, or, or going to a good camp or whatnot. Like, those are all things that good youth ministers, I guess, do. But how do I become a good youth minister is I fall in love with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 
I become like those, a good Christian. Yeah, first. Like I don't I don't yeah. focus on like just because I do those things doesn't make me a good youth leader. Uh-huh. What makes me a good youth leader is loving Jesus and putting him at the center of my life. And then the ways I connect with the students is by doing these things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so I mean, and so like so but a lot of people are like, man, well, what are the things I need to do? Like or even like what what are the things I need to do to become a good Christian? Uh-huh. You know, it's like, well, that's your problem there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're looking at things you need to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, um uh, I, there there's one great part in here where For sure, for sure. Uh he talks about where I just looked at it and I'm like, dude, that's Matthew six thirty three. Like, what? Mm. Like, how do you not see this? You know, yeah, like, uh, he says, he says, um, I think he did, but he the doesn't. desirable habit of mind, if it is to come at all, must come as a byproduct unsought. So basically, mm. I know that sounds weird, but basically, what he's saying is to to update it to 2021 English is you must you have to first, yeah, you have to first fall in love with the things of God before you ever become uh, anything before you ever even really become a Christian or do any of the things that a Christian does. Mm. So like, like I, you can, you can, you can pray to God. Anyone can pray to God. You can do the, the disciplines and all that. But um, like, if you aren't looking, if you, if you don't first realize the point of it all, which is Jesus Christ. Yeah then forget it, you know? Like, so uh, what I wrote was um, to be something you can't skip foundational tenets to get to the fun and flashy stuff, uh, to relate to the kingdom of God, a decision of love towards God, his kingdom and his people must be first made before we do all the things that come with Christianity, Mm. i.e. church, the disciplines, all those things like, None of that matters unless you first make a decision of love, yeah, to love God and to love people, to love His kingdom, mm-hmm. and yeah, even His church. Which I think that's not said enough. Like that's a part of being a Christian. You love the church as well. Yeah, like you like that's. I think that's foundational and that's not taught. Yeah, you can't. That dude. That's that's, that's not taught. That's, that's um... such a big part of it. Let's dig into that in a quick second. I'm going to... Let's get a, a quick, word from gonna, our sponsors. Word from our sponsors. No. We're going to take a quick break real quick. I'm going to say it's a word from our sponsors, and then I'm going to make up some random video. <laughs> like WandaVision, where they like had these like fake commercials. Yeah, But great. it's really because we're running out of battery on our on our camera, and i got to charge it. Let's All right. It we'll be right back. Check yourself or pet yourself. Are your dashboard... And we're back. We're back. We're back. All right. So Matthew six thirty three says, "Seek God. Seek first His kingdom, His righteousness, and then all these things will be added unto you." It's like, okay. So the way it typically works is, I will draw the story that came to mind. Do you remember that one story in the gospel where the disciples try to? I remember all the stories in the gospel because well, I read my Bible every well, how day. How about that? I'm just playing. I don't. Uh, I mean, I don't uh, remember all the stories. I'm sorry. Go on. <laughs> Well, well, they ca- the disciples tried to cast out a demon, uh-huh. and it doesn't work for them. Yeah. And then <clears throat> Jesus goes up to them and is like, okay, this one requires required prayer. And then he 
casts out a demon, or he does a mir- or they, or then he does the miracle, and a person's healed. I don't yeah. think it was a casting out demon. It, a person they were trying to heal someone, and then it didn't work for them, and then uh, yeah, were- Jesus and Jesus said this one can only work with prayer, and then he goes ahead and he heals that person. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's what it kind of reminded me of. It's like, okay, the disciples, they were trying to skip all the steps and go directly to like healing, miracles, yeah. all that stuff. When it was like, dude, I don't even think you really love Jesus yet. Mm. Like, and and it's like, okay, um, I, I just look at maybe the the selfless grandma who's been teaching Sunday school for like 20, 30 years. And it's like, why do you keep doing it when people just keep coming and going? It's like, well, love God, love people, you know. Uh, and um, it's like, it's like my second grade teacher actually. Give her a shout out, Mrs. Humbert. She's still teaching second grade. Mm. I'm 31 years old. She's still <clears throat> teaching second grade, yeah. and she was my second grade teacher. It's like, why do you keep doing that? Like, shouldn't you have retired by now? And <sighs> you, if you were to ask her. She'd be like, no, I just really love second graders. Yeah. I really love kids. And it's like, yeah, she did all the great stuff of teaching me some awesome, of teaching me second grade stuff. But more than that, I knew that she loved me. Like I feel, like I could feel that from her. And now that I look at her, she's still doing it. I can still tell she genuinely loves kids. Mm. And so it's just like an encouragement. Look. You can't fake it. You either have a passion for something, you either love something, or you just don't. And you have to like make your honest decision. This is where I think, we, I don't know, I feel like I'm talking a lot, but this is where it's like you have to make a decision of what you love. And that is, that more than anything else drives upon home that it's not a, just like a feeling. It's a decision. It's a way of life. It's a trajectory of life. That's what love is. And it's like, he's like, no, I'm going to make the decision. Like, I love this and I'm going to give myself to it. Yeah. Yeah. Man. <clears throat> I don't have anything else to say on that. No, I, I do. I do. Um, but, I mean, you kind of, you put it up in a nice bow there. I mean, because it's it's true. Like, I think I think so many of us are trying to be the best of what we think we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And and then when that doesn't happen, we find ourselves frustrated at the fact that that we're not we're not there yet. Yeah. And then we're trying to figure out all these little things that we need to do to get there, not realizing the fact that that the things that were that happen are byproducts of the joy we have mm-hmm. in in the initial thing. Right, right. You know, in the initial, you know, like as a teacher, right? The joy I have in teaching, becoming a good teacher, you know, is or 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 always having, you know, the pencil sharp and the lessons done and mm-hmm. the fun things like going on with your with your with your class you know like it's a it, those are byproducts of 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 loving what you're called to do mm-hmm. you know um being a good believer you know and tithing and um 
giving or, or serving, you know, whatever, you know, the, the um, <clears throat> going to camp or, or, or having regular church attendance mm-hmm. or even doing your disciplines yeah. um, or, or pastoring or teaching a Sunday school class or whatnot, like all those things that good Christians quote unquote do um, are actually just byproducts of loving Jesus. Yeah, you totally. Know, and loving and 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 even loving your neighbor, loving your the church, loving mm-hmm. the, the the unbelievers, um, the the all those feelings, all those all those things are all just byproducts of just loving Christ first. For sure, you know, and and so like if I'm trying to be a good Christian or a good leader or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, if I'm trying to be a better Christian, have have more disciplines in reading my Bible daily, tithing, mm-hmm. you know, all those things. Because I think that that's what a good Christian is supposed to do, so that I can be quote unquote blessed. Um. If the end goal is, if the if the end result is the goal. You've completely missed the target. Yeah, for sure. I don't know if that makes sense. No, no. Well, that's to me. I hope yeah. it does to y'all over there. <laughs> y'all <laughs> right. listening, right? Uh, watching. <laughs> um, yeah, um, it's. It really is. It really is like just a choice. Um, how are you going to? Uh, how are you going to react? Are you gonna? choose to um, love God love his people it's like uh, how do you how do you deal with that annoying kid and be in in youth ministry that nobody likes because he just never stops talking or something mm. like that it's like you know you would know like I'm gonna first choose to say you know what I love him for who he is because God created him and I love his people because God first loved me. You would be surprised how much patience you have with people when you first when you truly understand how much patience God has had with you. Mm-hmm. It's hard to not it's hard to hate people when you realized how secure in his love you are. It's hard to it's hard to it's hard to have fits of rage. It's hard to it's hard to uh uh go out and just get drunk, be partying, do all that when you realize, wait, I don't need all this because I'm secure in God's love. Mm-hmm. Like that that's what's that's the foundation of it all. Like that's how you say no to things. You don't say no to things because oh, it's going to it'll make my make me live longer. Uh I won't be or this or that. You, no. I won't feel you, so guilty. I won't feel so guilty yeah. all that. That's just like surface reasons not to do something. Yeah, and and those, those <clears throat> reasons will eventually they'll change. Fade, they'll fade away. They'll fade away because life changes. But if you just realize how secure you are in God's love, it's like, oh no, I have a completely different reason not to be doing all those other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's it's interesting. Yeah. Like for me, with with those particular disciplines, and staying away from things that are not good for me. Mm-hmm. Um. I realize that the more I understand Christ's love for me and the more I seek his love, like for, like for example, you know, kind of walk you through my 
my journey in a sense was yeah. like the very, very first thing was I understood Christ's love for me mm-hmm. and via worship music or just sitting in meditation, just sitting silently, you know, not reading scripture, not listening to worship music all the time, not going to church, but literally just sitting silently and letting helping you know and, and, and just learning how to understand Jesus' mm-hmm. love for me when that became when I when I understood that when I had a grasp for that the next thing that happened was I had a desire to know more about Jesus so that so that made me want to go to church yeah and then while I was in church and meditating on Christ's love for me that made me want to know more mm-hmm. than just being there on Sunday so I began to open my Bible. And then when, when I, as I started opening my Bible and journaling what I was reading, I began to understand more specifically and more enormously or wonderfully God's love for me is. And then these things that I was struggling with, these habits, bad habits, things like that, I didn't try to stop doing them. They just kind of stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's how you it know, works. Like they just kind of stopped, and I looked back and went, "Oh, what happened?" Mm-hmm. So we were like, "Well, how did you get out of that?" The word I'm like, I-, "I don't really know. It's kind of a byproduct of falling in love with Jesus." Now, granted, in the process, in that ten year process or so, um. There were times where I was trying to stop and I failed. Mm-hmm. Oh, I went three weeks. I went three months. I went a couple years, you know, but I still failed in the end. What gave me freedom was when I stopped trying to stop doing those things yeah. so that I could be good at being a good Christian or being a good believer in Jesus and good follower Mm-hmm. And I just focused my eyes on Jesus and not didn't worry about the other things. And all of a sudden, I was not concerned about those things mm-hmm. and didn't even desire them. Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's so, yeah. amazing how much is solved when you just are, mm-hmm. when you just sit at the feet of Jesus mm-hmm. and. So when I'm yeah, it's how it I'm, goes. When I'm trying, I'm just posing. Ooh. <laughs> If I'm trying, I'm posing. That is that going to be the next line of our merch? No. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Patent pending. Patent pending. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> Write that idea down. <laughs> right. If I'm trying, I'm posing. No. Um, no, but yeah. So I mean. Really, like, if I'm trying to, like, if I'm just posing, like, there's not, not there's no change. There's no happen. Like, like for example, I mean, I like skateboarding. I still like skateboarding. I never became a really good skater because it was just something that I did hmm. because it made me look cool with my friends. Yeah. And that's how I fit in with my group. But I know friends that I skated with when we were 13 that are still skating today and their kids are skating and and they 
go like the on movie vacation. mid-90s <laughs> and they go, they, they go on vacation to skate parks wow yeah because they and they're amazing skaters because they just enjoy it it's mid-90s it's mid-90s yeah such a great movie. Gosh, this is a good movie, man. Really good movie. Shout out to Seth Rogen. <laughs> oh, it's thought we'd never say. But... Oh man, it captured my. Well, man, this is. Anyway, there's so much more to this chapter. There is. There is. We're gonna, but we we are just gonna put a we're gonna put a pin, put a pin, in pin it right, right there, there, man. Because man, yeah, it, there's just so much more, and we want to get to it. So all. definitely check out Lilies at Fester Part Two. Um, that'll probably jump up next week, a couple Word. days, probably. I don't know next time. I don't know. You we'll see. Whenever we have available time, we'll figure that's it what out. we have. I mean, I got all the time in the world. I apparently don't have a job anymore. So. <laughs> Does not have a job. Ooh. <laughs> um, and, and I don't even get that COVID check anymore. You know, like that that unemployment, COVID unemployment. That's gone now. Oh yeah. Yeah. Governor well, I mean, I wasn't said no anyway, Governor Ivan said no more. No more. No more. No. And you you know that uh you. You don't have to wear masks inside of buildings anymore. Like yeah, that's completely I stopped doing that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm vaccinated too, so I don't. Yeah, care. I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, in and out of. Like, I think I still. I'm va- I'm vaccinated. I still wear my mask because I don't like making other people feel uncomfortable. I wear it if it's on the door. If it's on the door and they're asking me to, I'll do it. Yeah, but that's I, the only scenario I will. Um. I just do it honestly. I kind of I think I just do it out of habit now. And, it's yeah, yeah. Um, like it makes me uncomfortable, not because I think I'm gonna get sick, but I'm so used to wearing it now. Dude, yeah, well, that I don't. I I can't leave my house without a mask. Right. When I was out of town for the weekend, <laughs> I went to a place. Like make it sound like it's like this mythical place. I I went to a, a place in West Texas where it's like. They I looked at me and like, West if Texas you have a mask on, on, you're in a minority. Like, what do you, like, we, the pandemic yeah. ended for us well, like months ago. I they did, said they were telling me. I did a, I didn't go do the wedding. I went to a wedding this two week two weekends ago, this past weekend. And in the town, it was a small town that, that where the wedding was. Mm-hmm. And nobody was wearing a mask. It's like. Like nobody. Yeah, and they were like, "Yeah, we like the mask. Like that's been that hasn't been a thing for a while now. Like, yeah, like we're not even selling them. Like, and, and you know? the thing, yeah, the thing is, is that we think that's weird, but it's like, no, actually, you remember to not wear a mask. That's how it's actually supposed to be. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm like, man, it's so weird. Like, not wearing masks. Like, I didn't. Like, like you weren't designed to wear a mask. Yeah. Well, I mean, but what were the ears for then? What were the ears? Ears for? like. That's like, what you're to hear things. Oh, what? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like that's why there are funny little ridges in there because oh, to absorb oh, the sound the and all pieces. that natural. Oh, it's what you put your AirPods. That's, that's what where you put your AirPods. Oh, yeah. yeah. Anyway, now I have that stupid because you said West Texas, and now I have that out in the West Texas town of El Paso. I, I always think of Glory Road. It's like this is West road. Texas, God's country. Then the guys look around. Well, this is God's country. He don't want no neighbors. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's from Glory Road. Oh. It's from Glory Road. Man, I don't even think I've seen that movie. Oh. Okay, so oh. we're going to sign off here and we're going to go watch Glory Road because that is a travesty that you have not oh. seen that. Man, I'm sorry. A travesty, anyway, I all right. say. All right, guys. Ooh, I hit that. We went red. Okay. All right, guys. We will see you next time. Um, check out World's Last Night um, by C.S. Lewis. It's a great book. 
we are, and we'll check out part two of Lilies at Fester's essay um, by C.S. Lewis. And um, yeah, see you guys Adios. next time.